Welcome to King's Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about King's Church, visit kcnyc.org. Hey, I want to share for a few minutes this morning about that fountain right there. Look at that fountain. You see that? It's called Bethesda Fountain. And it comes from a story in the book of John. In the book of John, it says that Jesus' third miracle was at the pool of Bethesda. In Jesus' ministry in the book of John, which is the most proliferated, the most copied, the most translated book of all time, that book represents the deity of Christ, his divinity, that he is God come to earth to meet man again. And there's eight miracles in the book of John that represent the divinity of Christ. The first miracle is the miracle at Cana, where water is turned into wine. And it's this crazy picture that God is God over all of the elements of creation. There's not one thing he doesn't control and reign over and rule over. He turns water to wine. It's crazy. Six pots, clay pots of it's clay is really dirt right so it's dirt and water and six of them are made into this incredibly timed and saturated intoxicating substance it replicates the first miracle of the creation of the world itself second miracle is this it's the miracle of the omnipresence of God that there's no distance that separates or can separate you from him. And so in the story in John chapter four, this guy comes to Jesus and he's like, yo, my man is sick. My servant is broken and I need your help. Come to my servant. And Jesus says, I don't need to go. I rule over distance. I'm not limited by the things that you put in place. I can be with you today in your room tonight when you're searching tomorrow God can show up he's not limited to place that's the second miracle that represents his omnipresence the third miracle is the story of Jesus at Bethesda the pool of Bethesda that this park was named after and it represents Jesus mastery over time The first one is substance, matter, things. The second one is distance, omnipresence. The third is time itself. And time, my friends, is an enigma. It's something we spend our whole lives chasing after to get more of. There's a man that once said, you can get more money. You can get more things. You can get more knowledge. But you can't get more time. The Bible says that there's a a time appointed for each man to die and then the judgment. And we walk through this life forgetting that. The scripture says about timing, no man knows the day or the hour of that final judgment. Not even the angels, not even the son, but only the father. Jesus is Lord over time. And so he comes to this place called the pool of Bethesda. And the atrium is named after it. And the fountain is named after it. And that angel right there at the top of the fountain represents the story of the pool of Bethesda. And so there's a guy there. He's been there 38 years waiting to be healed. And the story at Bethesda, the pool, is there are times where 
an angel comes down and stirs the waters, you don't know when. You have no idea when that's going to happen. If you get lucky and you wait long enough, maybe the time will come. Maybe that there will be that moment where you show up, the angel's there, and this guy has been waiting for 38 years for his healing, and it hasn't come yet. You know, it's funny, is the old manuscripts of the book of John, they don't actually have an angel. They just say the water stirs. That there were all these people waiting around this pool for something to happen. And that's what life is like sometimes. We're broken or we're lost. We're trying to fix the things in our life. And we're waiting like, when is it going to happen? When is this thing going to be fixed? When is the arbitrary angel of my deliverance going to come? And he walks up to this guy. It doesn't even say the man's name. Jesus walks in. In John chapter 5. And he says to this man who's invalid, laying by the fountain, he says to him, do you want to be healed? It's crazy because Jesus doesn't say, hi, my name is God. (laughs) He doesn't say, hey, look, I'm going to fix everything. He first puts the impetus on the man, do you want to be healed? And the craziest thing is the man doesn't even say yes. He doesn't say, yes, I do. By the way, P.S., guy that just turned water into wine, guy that seems to be ruling over omnipresence he doesn't say yes he just says let me give you my list of excuses as to why i'm not healed yet you know what's so funny about john chapter 5 in this story is he's like i've been waiting for the angel to show up i've been waiting for 38 years and every time like the water stir i'm trying to get there but my friends won't help me My family won't help me get down to the water. You know, the government won't send an agent down to help me. (laughs) You know how long the lines of the DMV are? They can't get anybody down here. And he gives Jesus a list of the reasons why he's not healed. He doesn't say, I want to be healed. He just starts firing off the lists and the reasons for why he's not. And that's the human condition. God, why haven't you been touched me? Why haven't you fixed me? Why haven't you changed me? Okay, let's look at my list of people to blame. It's my family's list. I grew up with a family that didn't know how to raise me or that physically abused me. Or I grew up in the poorest, I actually literally grew up in the poorest county in New York State. That's the reason why things aren't working out, God. That's the reason I'm broken. That's the reason my family didn't know how to do it. We didn't have any money. Let me get the list out for you, God. And Jesus doesn't respond to the list. He's the master of time. We wait for an arbitrary miracle when Christ himself has come and asked us to respond to his words. You see, 2,000 years ago, and every historian will say that, there's no historian that denies the the existence of Christ, that he had these followers that believed He died and rose again. Let me tell you something. Factually, historically, forget about Christianity. Islam doesn't tell you that Muhammad died and rose again. Judaism does not tell you that Moses died and rose again. Buddha did not die and come back to earth. Christianity is the only religion that promises that Jesus rules over life and death itself. Time, distance, matter, and life. 
He rules. And he comes to the man in his state. And the man gives a list of excuses. And we all have our lists. And we all have our reasons. And most of us are waiting on the lottery ticket to fix us. Man, if I make it to this service or if I... You know, maybe if I do this one good deed, if, or I don't know, maybe the angel will show up here for me. I need something other. But Jesus comes in this man's life, and he's come to the earth, and he spoke his word. And John chapter 1 says his word created the world itself. It says all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And Jesus turns to the man who's full of excuses, who's waiting for the right time, who's waiting for this angel right here at the pool of Bethesda, the arbitrary domination, the tyranny of the unknown. And he says, you don't have to live in that tyranny any longer. If you will respond to my word, everything will change. And Jesus turns to the man and he says, arise, take up your bed, and walk that's the response it's not waiting for the arbitrary angel it's not hoping that one day things will get better it's responding to the words of Jesus that have already been declared amongst the nations that changes everything arise respond in faith believing that he's the word of God existed that all things were made through him like sincere just said on a day this beautiful, it's shocking that someone could ever say, this came from a random pond of ooze. The beauty and the breeze was just a random pond of ooze that created me. No, wrong, a God who loves you and cares and calls to you this day to respond to his voice. He says, arise, respond to me. He says, take up your bed, that thing that's identified you, that's that place of stasis that you found yourself in that's unchanging, your bed, your sick bed, take it up. It doesn't have dominion over you any longer. And when the words of Christ come into our life and we respond to them, the circumstances that surround us don't have dominion. We don't have to wait on the tyranny of time. Jesus is the master over it. And finally, he says, take up your bed and walk. And this is the story of Christianity. Humans always want the magical lottery ticket fixed to fix everything. But the story of Christianity is the same story that it always has been. It's the way of Jesus. It's following him. It's faithfulness in the journey. Why do we have a church that's weak? Because they have no longer been faithful to walk in the ways of Jesus. Why do we have a nation that's breaking down where boys don't know if they're girls and girls don't know if they're boys because the church has stopped walking in the way of Jesus? The miracle is in fact not the angel of the fountain. The, fear, the miracle in fact is not the arbitrary timing of the angel and your reliance on all of the people that let you down. The miracle is that God came and took on flesh and became man. The word became flesh and that those of us that would hear his voice and respond to his word, everything would change. I want to pray with you today. 
If you say, I've been waiting on a miracle, I've been waiting on a something, I've been waiting, laying on my sick bed, but today I want to respond to the words of Jesus. Let me pray with you. God, we come before you today. We thank you for your beauty and your goodness. The beauty of this world that you gave to us, God. And Lord, we thank you that we no longer have to wait upon the arbitrary systems that dictate and control our life, but you subjugate those as we respond to your word. In faith, you said, Lord, any man who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Not who waits for the angel, but calls upon you. Amen. Hey, listen, God is... He's not a bully. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, it says, In the beginning, God created mankind in his own image. In that image-bearing way. Sorry, that's verse 27 and 28. 14 is a different verse. Um, we got to get out of the sun or I'm going to turn the color of my pants sincere here shortly. God gives humanity. He doesn't force humanity to choose him. Because humanity is made in his image and likeness, he gives us the opportunity to choose him. Right. And when we wait at the pool of Bethesda, unresponsive, blaming those around us, hoping for the miracle, we miss the active living voice of God that calls each one of you today. Amen. That says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come. If anyone is hungry, let him buy bread that satisfies. Not the things of this world that we want to fulfill, but the bread of life, Jesus, his words, his goodness. He wants to do it in every heart in New York City. And the church said amen. 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 Thank you. Let's sing some more. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. Acts 20.27 says, For I have not hesitated to proclaim the whole counsel of God. And that's something that we're trying to do at King's Church. We're trying to steward God's word and share it to a generation. If you want to partner in us sharing the whole counsel of God's truth, please text KCNYC to 77977 and partner with us here at King's Church to get God's message, his whole counsel, all over the place on podcasts and on radio and around the world so believers like you would be encouraged. Thanks.